Man, the Nuggets get the rings and a win. Kevin Durant is back in the bay. And day one of the NBA season is in the books. I'm Rosa Panda. This is a clinic all NBA podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. It's the start of the NBA season. Football is in full swing. Best time of the year, man. Let's get it. She knows she loves Jay because... Definitely the best time of the year. John, how you living, my friend? I hate Mike Malone. But other than that, <laughs> I'm glad the NBA season is back, baby. Let's go. I'm Detective John. <laughs> oh, man, Mike Malone. Sammy, how you living, my friend? Mike Malone amuses me, but he is a little ridiculous. Other than that, I'm very happy to have those sports and even some hockey back. It's a good time of year. Sammy takes it all the way. Boys, after a long offseason with some exciting news, we finally get to day one of the NBA season. Of course, it kicks off with the Denver Nuggets and the ring ceremony in front of LeBron James before the Nuggets face the L.A. Lakers. And the Nuggets defend their title for one game at least, 119 over 107 over the Lakers. I have to ask you, boys, we're going to start with the Denver Nuggets here. How did the Denver Nuggets look to you guys? Were you guys expecting them to come out like this? Oh, my God. No. And because I wanted my Lakers to win. That's the only reason why. No. No. <laughs> But I actually didn't because I didn't. I thought that they were going to have the championship hangover. I thought that they were going to be kind of enthralled in the excitement and the celebration, getting their rings for the first time. And they looked like they just picked off, picked up right where they left off. I mean, they were a well oiled machine. I got to give them credit, man. I mean, Jokic is Jokic. Apparently, he. His, his key to dominating is not paying attention or not liking the sport at all or not <laughs> knowing what's going on in the offseason because I, you, you you could have fooled me. It looks like he's been practicing every single day for five months. Because at 29 points, 13 rebounds, 11 assists, I mean, he made AD look... And AD's an all-world defender, right? Obviously, there's, there's his limitations, but he made... Jokic made AD look like he was just running around in circles at some point. So... I don't. I. I. I gotta say, man. Like, if they continue to play like this, they have the size, the length, the speed. They have the familiarity, the continuity. I think they are a threat to repeat. And Jokic is just—he's the cog in the. I mean, he's the head of the snake. Jamal Murray's a heartbeat, and then they have great pieces. And KCP, my goodness, I cannot believe the Lakers got rid of him so easily. But here's the thing about KCP, right? At 20 points, when he was with the Lakers, he would have 20 points over seven games. That's just, I don't know whether that's a Lakers thing, a curse, or any, any guy that comes to the Lakers, they just forget how to shoot because, I don't know, man. It's a little frustrating. It's only game one, but I, I like what I'm seeing from the Nuggets so far. I don't know. What do you guys think? Jokic is just Jokic. I mean, at this point, what else can you say? I think he would have had a hangover if he won the Kentucky Derby, maybe, because clearly he cares more about horses than basketball. But it's like he went back to work. Literally, he went back to work. Doesn't care all that much, so he just did what he does. I mean, I think the question for them is going to come down to their bench this whole season. You've got Christian Braun. 
I think he should be reliable, but then you're looking at, you've got Jackson there. I think he'll be okay, but they're going to be filling in pieces. They did lose a few guys, and I'm curious to see what they're going to do if, obviously, we're in game one. They they only gave a couple guys, only seven guys played over 15 minutes, and this is in game one. I found that part very interesting. So I'm not questioning their top five is set. Their top five is probably as good as any in the league right now. They play so well off each other. Curious to see what the bench does the rest of the year. But outside of that, the Nuggets, like John said, this might as well have been June, the way they looked. I mean, they looked like themselves, like they just won the title. Same same idea. So I was just as impressed. Bruce Brown could be a huge loss, and that Agreed. kind of remains to be seen. But he was huge piece. Jeff Green, too. I know he's, he's a lot older, but I agree with that sentiment. I think uh, their bench definitely took a hit. But one game... I'm not gonna, I'll cry maybe later tonight when I try to go to sleep. But other than that, I think 81 more left for my team. What do you, what do you guys think? What, JJ, what do you think about the Nuggets, man? Are you impressed by them? Very impressed. And I like what you said, John, about how usually for a ring ceremony, the returning champs, they always come off with the, you know, high emotion. We've seen it with the Heat. We even seen it with your Lakers. Uh, the Kobe yeah, they come out flat. With the Spurs, even with the Warriors. And remember, fellas, this is Denver's first championship. And for them to come in, play that team chemistry ball, arguably against one of the top defenses in the league, and their starting five scoring in double digits. I mean, I was really impressed. And... I know we're probably going to switch gears now, June, but I have a few concerns with the Lakers. I do see some things that they could, you know, John could hold his head up high. But what did you see in terms of the Nuggets before we move forward with that? Man, with the Nuggets, I mean, yeah, it, it all looks the same. I was a little worried a l for the first three quarters because I felt like the game was pretty tight. But, you know, according to Nikola Jokic, he said that he felt like he controlled the game the entire way. So I don't know if it was more like he was kind of lulling the Lakers to sleep and decided to strike in the fourth quarter. Well, when the game got well out of hand and you saw, you know, the cleanup crew come in for maybe about a minute. But what disappointed me is that there was so much smack talk towards the Lakers way about Mike Malone being the Lakers daddy. Even though, even though that's not Here's who they daddy. beat in the finals, they decided to make enemies with the Lakers. So I expected the Lakers to come out with a little bit more fire. And I'm going to turn this now, of course, to the Lakers. I mean, what did you guys think of this performance? What are some concerns that you have, Who's if any? Daddy? What do you guys think? So from what I saw, John and Sammy, and you guys could correct me with what, I'm, what I'm saying is wrong, but I didn't like what I saw from AD. And I'll, I'm all about a results type of guy. If you're going to pay AD all that money, you better come with MVP caliber performance. And today, he just fell flat. And there was a significant amount of time where AD didn't even score. So that's Second number half. one. Num number two, I, I thought that LeBron's defense, which has been questioned in recent years, was terrible in terms of help defense. 
so many people getting basically uh, breaking the point of attack on top of the three point line so the guards were getting beat like Russell and then when AD needed to help they just made the extra pass who happened to be LeBron's man and then you have the likes of Jamal Murray Aaron Gordon scoring at will off the cuts the one thing that I did like boys was Austin Reeves kind of showed why he's worth that money he wasn't scared to take some of those shots and even drive to the basket in the fourth quarter and I like what I see in Austin Reeves and I think if there's any benefit of what we saw tonight is that the Lakers still have a long way to go to figure out their chemistry considering that they have all those new faces yeah I'm not well okay I mean I feel like this is just goes without saying but nobody should be overly concerned after the first game of the season now with that said the only thing that I, I will say that the the AD not scoring in the second half being the type of premier player that he's supposed to be the amount he's getting paid that's unacceptable but I will say this I think and I'd have to watch rewatch the highlights or rewatch the tape is that they, the Nuggets probably made an adjustments in the second half, right? Obviously. He scored 17 points in the first half, didn't score any in the second. So I think part of that blame can also go in the Lakers coaching staff. If, you're, if your player has 17 in the first half, has zero in the second half, I think it's partly on the player, but it's also partly on, on some of the things that the other defense is doing and how you adjust to that. So I'm going to make an assumption here that the Lakers didn't make the right adjustments to get AD in his spots, get him where he's open, do pick and rolls, do whatever it, it takes. But to have zero points and a half for that caliber type of player yes. is completely unacceptable. And there's no other way to put it. LeBron James had 21 points, eight rebounds, five assists. Torian Prince, first game as a Laker, had 18 points, six from eight, and four from six from deep. I actually like that pickup a lot. We didn't see much of Jackson Hayes. Gabe Vincent didn't play too well. But I do think that as they progress in the season, as they get to know each other, as they know their spots, as they hang out, you know, off outside of, of playing basketball, I think they're going to build that chemistry. And I think you'll see the Lakers go on some runs, maybe like four or five game winning streaks. And I think they're going to still be in the top. I can still see them being in the top three in the West, top three or four. But again, AD is going is needs to be the guy. And if you're going to score zero, regardless of what the defense does or the adjustments that the team makes, you have to be aggressive enough to not score zero points in the second half. So a lot of that goes on the player. To me. Now again, I'm not gonna overreact. I think the Lake Lakers brought back their core team that made it to the Western Conference Finals. And I think they brought a lot of great role plays. I saw a lot of good things from the Lakers, obviously things that I think they can build upon. And um, you know, first game down, I think it's uh they got the they got the nerves out of the way. And JJ's point, Austin Reeves, the white mamba, you know, hopefully builds up off his uh his incredible year last year, but I'm not too worried. Ask me again, though, in in a couple weeks. And if the Lakers are have a terrible record, then I'll I'm gonna start hitting the panic button. <laughs> but for right now, I'm good. I'm okay. No panic from him, no. from the resident Laker fan guys. You shouldn't panic. I mean, it's too early. Your team is deep. This game to me, just looking at the rosters, is it's an interesting comparison because. Theoretically, you look at the Lakers, and I think you can argue they're legit nine deep. But compared to the Nuggets, who, as I just mentioned, I think the bench is a lot weaker. 
their top two stars, I'm preferring to the Lakers, are a lot more apt to miss time, but they have the guys to fill in, whereas the Nuggets top two, I know Murray had the ACL a couple years ago, but other than that, Murray and Jokic don't miss time. They're always there. So this is going to be an interesting exercise to compare this year. My only question is about Russell and Reeves in the backcourt as a full-time starting unit, and I know we've all talked at nauseum, the whole league has, it feels like, that Russell's contract is essentially a trade chip. Interesting to me that he played the most minutes tonight of anyone on the Lakers. Uh, after the game, they were asking about LeBron's minutes. He played 29 minutes tonight, and the response back was that was the expectation for most of the year. So they're clearly going to try to manage LeBron around 30 minutes. So it's, it's one game, like you said, and it's in one of the toughest places in the league to play. I wouldn't be worried about it either. To me, this was just more, there's some questions. I'm curious to see how they play out and develop otherwise. And with the Lakers specifically, is the bulk of this roster the final product or are they gonna do a little bit of uh, maneuvering throughout the year, particularly with that D'Angelo contract uh, as the year goes, depending on how things start off. So that's what I'm curious about. What did you guys see? Um, I'm definitely interested to see what they do with D'Angelo Russell, just because like whenever I see him on the floor, he doesn't really pop to me. He doesn't really, gel well with the rest of the unit it seems like it seems like he's trying really hard to fit in but doesn't like quite mesh well um so i'm kind of curious to see what they do with that piece because i do agree that it is probably a trade piece down the line i don't know if you guys agree with that as well but as far as like the minutes management that kind of made me like raise my eyebrow was that rui hachimura only played like less than 15 minutes and he was a big part of what they were doing last year. And I don't see why they would want Rui to play less minutes in a game where the Denver Nuggets, they're so big, mm -hmm. you know? They're big, they're long, and you need some muscle and you need to take pressure off of Anthony Davis. I don't think it's an accident that Anthony Davis didn't have a great second half. If you don't have someone taking the brunt of that work, like a Rui Hachimura. Um, I don't know if you guys sort of see that the same way, or what do you guys think? I think the I think the 15 minutes for Rui was being game one and, and trying to incorporate what Torian Prince, Jackson Hayes, Gabe Vincent, um, Jared Vanderbilt was out. Christian who's Wood typically typically our starter. Christian Wood got minutes. Um, so you have a lot of new guys that they're trying to incorporate. So I think it's going to take some time for Darvin Ham to figure out a rotation. And to Sammy's point they are nine ten deep right these a lot of these players we get significant minutes on other teams so it's going to take some time i think for them to figure out you know what what units work best together and how many minutes guys should get and Rui at 15 minutes i agree with you i don't think that's going to be a, a reoccurring thing but i do think that they try to you know put guys play guys a lot more and i think that's going to happen early in the season for every team not just the lakers you're going to experiment a lot more early on than you would later in the season right where things start to tighten up and 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 records are, are really making or breaking you know your standings so yeah so i i think i wouldn't freak out if i was a laker fan in this situation just because your top players didn't play heavy minutes while on the other end the denver nuggets i mean they pretty much played like a seven, eight man rotation trying to win this game because they thought that this was an important night to win. While the Lakers, it seems like they're trying to figure out the rotation. Um, but barring any injuries, we're going to talk about Denver again. What percentage would you give the Lakers or sorry, the, the Denver Nuggets a chance to repeat this year after seeing game one against the Lakers? 
I'm going to start with, let's see, JJ. I think they are the the favorites. Like, hands down, they are the favorites to repeat. So what, what, what percentage would you think? I would say 50% over the field. Wow. Yeah. I, that's, I disagree with that. Um, because, and no disrespect to that answer, JJ. I mean, everyone has their opinion, even though yours is going to be wrong. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I hope the, I'm wrong. Well, for a few, th- few reasons, I'll give you my percentage. But one, it's inc- incredibly hard to repeat. I mean, we talk when you talk about repeating, you talk about dynasties, right? You're talking about the Warriors, you're talking about the Lakers, you're talking about the Bulls, you're talking about the Miami Heat, who had LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. It doesn't happen that often. So, um, but I want to be respectful that they are the defending champs. But I think to Sammy, what Sammy alluded to earlier, their lack of a bench is going to wear down on them, I think, and really affect them as you as we progress into the season and into the playoffs. Um, and it's, if, if game one is an indica- indi- indication, their starters are going to be playing heavy minutes. So I'm going to give them a 27% chance. Sammy? I, I even think that's high, and it's no insult to them. I just I think it's, it's hard. Um, I think they're the favorite. I would agree with that. I put it at 20% just because I do feel like there's a lot of contenders this year who could win it, depending on things break. And just because they are susceptible to injury and they don't have as many trade chips as they used to to kind of reinforce the bench. But I still think 20% makes them the favorite, so it's definitely no disrespect. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go pretty high with, with JJ. I'm going to go like 30, 35%. I like the fact that they have continu- continuity with their best players. There's not, there's some things to figure out. The bench, I feel like you can sort of like tweak some things here and there, but they still have Christian Braun coming out of there. They still have like Reggie Jackson, who's a good piece, like Sammy was saying earlier. Um, it's just the next one or two after that. And I feel like they could figure it out down the line. And if anyone's going to make a player better, it's Nikola Jokic. And I'm going to bet on him doing that for whoever it may be. And Sammy, with that, go ahead. Sorry, Sammy. real quick. JJ, can you play? Not Sammy. JJ, can you play the uh, kindergarten cop? Who is your. Real quick. Who, who is your daddy? Who is, who is your dad? I need to hear it. Who is gonna... my daddy? Who is my daddy? And what does he do? Mike Malone. Mike Malone, and he's the coach of the Denver Nuggets. All right, there you go. <laughs> just to finish oh, this you off. May, you we may proceed. Just, just, just to finish this off, I'm going to call my shot now. Call it a total hunch. I think Tyus Jones is a Laker by the trade deadline. Just going to throw that out there now. Ooh, I like it. And with that, we're going to take a short break with a word from our sponsor. Are you tired of constantly losing your bets on unfair gambling apps? Our sponsor, Parlay Play, has the best lines to increase your chances at winning it big. Not only does it have great lines, it's also an awesome app with a community feel. Use code CLINICALLNBA for a deposit match up to $100 and a free $5 game on the house. We also have a feature called Slide the Line where users can raise or lower a line of their choosing. Pause the pod, get on your phone, and download the app now. Download the app now, indeed. We have to talk about the second game that happened today. It's the Suns at the Warriors. And the Suns, 
come out victorious 108 to 104 with Kevin Durant, I guess, playing the Warriors at home for the first time since what 2019 that seemed kind of weird when I was watching the game I was like is this a tribute video (laughs) this seems kind of late but apparently Kevin Durant had been injured every single time anyway so with the Warriors let's start with them Chris Paul made his first appearance at first it did not look great he didn't score until the third quarter, but I want to get your guys' interpretation. How did Chris Paul look with his new team, Golden State? What you guys think? Wow. Is this, are we talking about Chris Paul, Chris Paul's contributions, or Jordan Poole's lack of being there? <laughs> wow. Both are relevant. Great Both are relevant, relevant here. Okay. Yeah. Both Very, are relevant here. Great point. All right. All right. No, I'm gonna. I'm on the Jordan Poole slander is gonna be put on pause because when we talk about the Wizards, that's yeah. Some the point, Wizards have, haven't played yet. Yes, they <laughs> haven't played yet, and we'll talk about them maybe this year. We'll see. But Chris Paul, okay. So you're right. He didn't play well to start off, but he he picked it up a little bit in the in the second half. I think third fourth quarter where he he looked more like his old self spurts of it obviously he's 30 38 39 years old he's never he's not the same player but one of the things that he does with with the warriors now and on any team is he he takes care of the ball and i think the warriors collectively had what 11 12 turnovers which is pretty low for them in the last couple of years i mean the warriors have been i think one of the highest turnover teams in the last three or four years so I mean they were in this game they gave themselves a chance to win obviously game one is a feel out game there's a lot of things that that are not going to be regularities moving forward into the season I mean Clay Thompson didn't play particularly well his, his shot selection is left to be desired at some at some moments I know JJ's shaking his head in approval or at least you know beside himself but Steph Curry being Steph and honestly, I think it'll, it'll take time for them to gel. Draymond didn't play, so that's obviously a consideration. But also, Beal didn't play, so we didn't have our, our full units here. But overall, I, I honestly think he didn't he didn't do poorly. I thought he did he did okay for his his Chris Paul's um, inaugural game. I I just think you know he's limited, right? But again, addition by subtraction, you got rid of a real detriment not only on the court but off the court. But Chris Paul, a lot of time for him to gel and get and get in with the unit. But I think he's going to be, it's interesting too, because he started, right? And I, do you guys think he's actually going to remain a starter when Draymond comes back? They were talking about this, and so I wanted to get your thoughts. Do you think he's going to be in the starting unit, or do you think he's going to be relegated to the bench once Draymond comes back from injury? I'm going to defer. You guys are going to know better than I am on that, and I'll I'll pop in based on your feedback. Jay, Ro, what do you oh, guys think? Interesting. I, I thought you wanted to answer since Chris Paul has been your favorite player for the past. <laughs> <laughs> Forever. Forever he will be. Yeah. That's why I want a more impartial take than mine. I mean, Lob City, the greatest era that's ever lived. You, you have to put him on the bench, and today was a prime example of how the Warriors got killed on the boards within the first half. And not that the Suns even have that much height compared to other teams like 
the team that we just spoke of, or both teams that we just spoke of within the Lakers and Nuggets. But the Warriors got killed on the glass, and it really showed. Um, so, from what I saw from Chris Paul, I did love that he took care of the ball. And we even talked about this before the pod. Um, June even said, Hey man, I haven't felt this way in a long time where I wasn't frustrated watching the game. It felt back old vibes, 2022 vibes, where the Warriors, even when they were down double digits, it didn't seem like that lead would go to 20 just because we were taking care of the ball. And John, you said it too, like for the Warriors to have, what, three turnovers within the half and to end with 11, that is an accomplishment coming from a team that finished 29th, 28th with turnover efficiency. June, what do you think about uh, what Sammy just asked us about Chris Paul? Do you agree should he come off the bench? Um, I, I do agree that he should come off the bench. And I think it's just because, yeah, like you were saying, height is a big problem. Um, and I don't know how the Warriors are going to solve this. I thought a big addition was going to be Dario Saric, actually, to help solve that problem. But he isn't very tall. And from what I saw, he, is, he wasn't very strong. Because you saw Yusuf Nurkic just kind of bullying him a lot of the time. And like everyone is saying here, the big thing about Chris Paul is that he gets he gets the offense in motion. He gets it started. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson can play off the ball. And he doesn't seem to throw the ball away. I mean, this game, only one turnover, which is great. If it would have been Jordan Poole, I think we, put, we would have seen at least maybe three or four more turnovers, especially with this Suns team that is wanting to play fast. And I think having Chris Paul there, we didn't fall into the trap of playing the same pace as them. It seemed like Chris Paul knew to control the pace where someone like Jordan Poole, who's inexperienced, would have tried to take us faster and faster. And that's when the Warriors get out of control is when we try to play other people's pace as opposed to ours. So, Sammy, what do you think? So, uh, for our listeners out there, as you can tell, Jordan Poole will be greatly missed by the Warrior <laughs> fan base. So, are speaking very highly of him here. Um, it's a pool party. It's so, a pool party. In, so, in it's a pool party in October. Exactly. So what I noticed, uh, I definitely agree on the size. And I do think he should come off the bench uh, for that. But also just because we kind of talked about this last episode. This team is also, you could use veteran if you want to be nice. Old is another term. Um, I don't think Clay should be playing 36 minutes a game at this point in his career. I don't think Chris Paul should be playing 34. They had to tonight because Draymond was out. I think those three guards need to play about 30 minutes a game each, Steph included, with exceptions obviously on you know nights where games are close or when the stakes are a little higher. Uh, Draymond kind of helps with that because he'll obviously share playmaking duty. Um, this is a weird thing to say about the Warriors from the past, from the reputation we know. Chris Paul is obviously not the three-point shooter he used to be. Curious about what the shooting around Clay and Steph is going to look like as the season develops. If Moody can take a regular spot in the lineup because he would theoretically be that additional shooting. If not, between Draymond and and Looney, all of a sudden you're kind of compressing the court a little bit. Um, so 
that showed tonight, weirdly enough, even though Draymond didn't play, because I know they're not normally going to shoot this poorly, but tonight, 35% from the field, 23% from deep. Phoenix's defense was okay, but that wasn't the cause of that. I do think it was an off-shooting night in some regard, but uh, this is something I think they're going to have to solve throughout the year, and is that Wiggins just stepping up and being that third guy. Uh, is Chris Paul going to shoot a little better than he has the last few years because theoretically he's going to get open looks? I'm curious to see that. Um, so for me overall, I didn't really get questions answered other than the fact that I will say with a player as much as we've kind of joked about him over the years with Chris Paul, he's smart enough that I do not worry about his fit in any offense in any team in the league. He will figure out his role and he will make sure the offense works. And that's, I think, part of the reason why they wanted to bring him here because the Warriors run such a unique offense that you really need the right minds to run it. And I think you don't have to worry about that when he's on the floor with them. So that was my initial impression from this game. Can I ask you guys a question? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Jay. No, I was just going to comment that the Warriors will not go far unless Andrew Wiggins steps up. He was bad tonight. He was bad. And I know you mentioned being the third best player. He needs to be the second best player on the Warriors. Like how he was 2022. And sorry, not sorry. You were the leading rebounder during the championship run. You guys know how many rebounds he had tonight? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. One. One. With a sense team that's not known... They're, well, they're yeah, they're not known to box out and rebound. To be frank, sorry, John, you're about to no, say something. Completely agree, John. I was gonna say that. Am I crazy for thinking that? And this is a different warrior that's in a contract dispute currently. Am I crazy in thinking that the Warriors could trade Clay Thompson as an expiring contract this year? Man, I, I want to say no, just because I'm such a huge fan of Klay Thompson, and it'd be completely weird to see him on a different team, especially if it was the Warriors doing, like sending him to another team. But that might be the piece that you would be willing to trade in order to get other pieces, if you know what I'm saying. My, so I think my, it's definitely possible. Go ahead, Jay. Sorry, Jun. Uh, Mike Dunleavy literally said 48 hours before Jordan Poole got traded, we will not trade Jordan Poole. He is our future. <laughs> well, traded his ass. That's that, at the same time that that's Jordan Poole. Um, it's a little different, yes. So here's the thing: could they? There's a Jordan Poole role yeah. in this. In yeah, this podcast, could they? Or, yeah, they they could. Should they? Will should they? they? Will I they? I think it would make sense. I don't think they will just because. The legacy. The legacy is one thing, and you're you're not making that trade without getting. I I know they. Steph Curry's they always, Yes, you have, Steph has to sign off on it, and I can't see him doing it. I just don't think they would do it without getting his okay, because that's just like these guys are linked. The three of those guys are linked. Draymond, like they would trade him without telling Draymond. I'm, I I don't doubt that, <laughs> but. You, you guys know, are I wrong. agree. Okay, that's but... not, that's that's one hundred percent right. I think we're wrong. I, I think no, I think more than anything, it's because wrong. of Steph. We're not wrong. You're yeah, not I wrong. Just... But no. when Dunleavy got okay, the reason that Bob, one of the rumors is that Bob Myers left the Warriors because of the contract disputes with the legendary four, including Iggy. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he did not want to have any 
uh, decision-making with the youngsters who he drafted with Moody and Kaminga. Trading Wiseman was already within the organization drama. Mm-hmm. So by having Dunleavy, you basically break all that equity because Dunleavy is and not supposed to care about the past. He's supposed to care only about the future. And I agree with you. Clay, Dre, and Steph have built the equity where if they want that Kobe loyalty from the Lakers where you get overpaid for something you've done in the past instead of what you're supposed to provide for the future, by all means, they they are they deserve it, I think. Right, Jin? Yeah, they definitely deserve, they deserve it. it. Especially but- their most recent championship. I mean, they basically proved like, hey, we're getting older, but we could still do this. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past Dunleavy. And it's, um, man, it, they're really in a tough spot with that contract. Because what I hear is that Clay Thompson wants four years, a four-year contract, and that the Warriors are only willing to do two years. So it'll be interesting if he actually does become a trade piece. Um, Play Thompson yeah. for Siakam, yes or no? Oh, man. Yes. Oh, you have, have to do that. Yeah. 100% you have to do that. That's that's an easy yes. Yeah. Um. That would, that would break my heart. Thanks, John. But yeah, I, I think I would do it. James Harden for Clay Thompson. <laughs> no. Hell no. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there so he doesn't Hell go to the course. So the no. Okay, let's talk about the Suns real quick, guys. All right. Yeah. So a little bit of a new look Suns. We were missing Bradley Beal, but we still got KD, Devin Booker, Yusuf Nurkic, and Akogi, who just had a, a ridiculous game, actually, and a very impressive game. What did you guys think of the Suns? Um, are you guys excited for them? Did they gel well? What do you guys think? I know JJ's excited for them. <laughs> yeah, two different questions there. Am I excited for them? No, I find them insanely unlikable. Are they going to be really good? Yeah. Um, yeah. Grayson Allen, who started in Beal's place tonight, <laughs> had the same amount of points as Bradley Beal, who did not play. Yeah. So let's start there. Um, Beal coming in <laughs> with this lineup. It opens up a bunch of possibilities. I think Booker and Durant have shown they can be primary facilitators. So they don't need a traditional point guard. And putting Beal there and he being the smallest of the starters actually makes them a pretty big mobile lineup. Yeah. And I will give them credit. Their bench looks like it will be at least eight or nine deep based on what they did. Um, Gordon played 32 minutes tonight because Allen was there. I expect that to cut to 20. Watanabe looks really good with that team. That was that was a very sneaky good signing. Eubanks looks like he's going to be a good backup uh, big for Nurkic. They did a lot of things right. And tonight, they didn't even shoot the ball great themselves. They shot 44% from the field, only 33% from deep. You would imagine that that will look a little better on Beal's back. I think this team is going to be as advertised. And... Uh, Again, only one game, but the question with them was the same thing I brought up with Denver, which is depth, and it, they might have answered it with what they did this offseason. If they did, you've got to put them up there with Denver, I think. I mean, we'll see how the next few games go, especially when Beal comes back to see the fit, but this this looks like a very talented, deep team. Yeah, I don't... Look, I, Sammy, I, I, I don't know if I share your enthusiasm just because I don't, I don't know if I'm ready and willing to say that their bench is going to be able to do this consistently. Uh, Eubanks, I know he played well. 
I know that Eric Gordon, he didn't shoot particularly well, but he made some big shots down the stretch. You had Grayson Allen. I'm sure he's not going to put up as many points as the four of us again, consistently. <laughs> Hopefully not. But Watanabe, I do like a lot. I think he's a great piece. He fits well with everyone. But again, I, th- I think it w- it remains to be seen if they can do that consistently. They're, they're bench. Obviously, with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal, you have three of arguably the best mid-range shooters in the league. Jimmy yeah. Butler is probably in that list. And so they can, their buckets, their certified buckets can get a, a bucket, uh, two points and three points and like on a given, any given notice, like at a moment's notice, whenever they want. So the trying to stop them is going to be very difficult. Um, but the just the super teams, the top heavy teams, I'm, I'm, we have seen a trend lately that that, that that does not work anymore. So I'm gonna reserve my judgment of of what. The, but again, like to to Sammy, what Sammy said is true: is that their bench can consistently do what they did tonight and show out, and they can be eight, nine deep. They're going to be a problem. But that to me, that's a big F. So we'll see. I mean, for me personally, I like their depth. Um, and the fact that Bradley Beal is not there, I think it's a big deal, especially when you have the second unit out there. I think we saw like a lineup, like a crazy lineup of like a Kogi, Gordon, Eubanks, Watanabe, and someone else um, in, the, in the second quarter. And you have to imagine that either KD, Bradley Beal, or Devin Booker would be in that lineup to kind of help the the um the second unit because those three you can rate rotate those minutes so they don't have to play a lot of minutes so i i don't know i personally like this squad i think they are in contention for they're probably the second best team in the west in my opinion especially after seeing the way that they can play the way they can score and fast Um, i agree after the lakers (laughs) (laughs) but i'm gonna take us to our last topic here I want to talk about Jordan Poole just one more time. So Steve Kerr made several attempts to convince Draymond Green to take Jordan Poole out to dinner. And this is, of course, when they were on the same team and after the punch. It's not and a Puma. He was considering this or he, he was giving this uh, this advice to try to smooth their it's relationship by going out to dinner. And then Draymond Green... I guess decliner. He said no. He's not going to do that. What do you guys think of this kind of weird news that came out um, yesterday? JJ, please start us off on this one. I'd love to hear what <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. Would you? Would you also do that, Jay? Would you say no? Yeah. This is this is one of the things where you know you can't force grown men to do things that they don't want to do. But you can, but you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Yeah, you can, but you shouldn't. But no, let's not get this, you know, let's not get this twisted. Draymond Green was in the wrong for punching Jordan Poole. Even though Jordan Poole probably said some idiotic stuff to Draymond. And probably some of our fans out there might even think that it's, you know, justified. You know, for the sake of the team, they should have been cordial and professional. So I don't know if a dinner would actually help it, 
I don't know. It's kind of weird, right? Like, what do you say? If I punch, if I punched you in the face, it was publicized all over the world. Mm-hmm. YouTube had had millions of hits, and people were watching it, <laughs> commenting on your social media. And then a month later, my dad told me to take you out to dinner. Would you go out to dinner with me? To try to bury the hatchet. As an olive branch, would you go out to dinner with me? That's a fair point. Are you paying and where are we going? Yeah, where are you? (laughs) (laughs) See, I think that's a little different though. Because like you and JJ have had like years and years of like friendship. And Draymond Green and like Jordan Poole don't. You know? So I think it's like slightly different. Just because like I think there would be maybe a chance that you guys could like bury the hatchet. But the fact that like these are just like professionals playing basketball, they probably don't hang out outside of work. It's more like a coworker, right? If you punch a coworker and your boss came up to you and said, "Hey, you got to take this guy out," and I offer that person like, "Hey, you want to go out to Popeyes or whatever?" and just kind of talk, like that person is definitely gonna say no, and I don't think I would even do that. Sammy, what do you think? I'm with you. I mean, like like JJ was saying. You can't tell grown adults like go be friends, or you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> it's just it's not gonna happen, especially with Draymond is obviously a strong personality. He's gonna do what he wants to do. Um, I just this was doomed after the after the punch. We really learned that this season was never gonna get off the ground, and maybe who knows? Maybe Draymond took him to dinner and just dropped him off in Washington. It's hard to say, <laughs> but. Let me ask the non-warrior fans here. Can you, can you, when I say you, John and Sammy, can you explain the Warriors not winning last year's championship and the 2019, yeah, 2019 championship on Draymond? Because according to non-warrior fans, Draymond's the reason that KD and JP left. Last year, no. Last year, no. I just, I think last year, just the talent level wasn't quite there in hindsight. Because let's let's put it this way with Poole. If he was more experienced, maybe if he was a little more mature, then as damaging as that whole incident was to start the year, it wouldn't have affected him on court five months later. I that's my opinion. I just, I, I don't think. I think he should have been able to get past it a little more. And like with Durant, were things perfect? No, but with his performance, he wouldn't really let him affect it on the court when it matters most, if that makes sense. So I just, I think last year, could they have possibly gotten past the Lakers? Yes, I I don't think they would have won the title last year though. So with KD, I think KD was gonna leave no matter what. And that was just like the final piece that made it even easier to go. I think KD wanted to, wanted to have his own team theoretically, which is ironic because he still doesn't have his own team now. He now he's on <laughs> Devin Booker's team. So just being real, like Booker had the ball yeah. in the game. Um, so I think KD was gonna leave no matter what. So no, I don't blame Jermont. Yeah, man, like I, dinner seemed very light for something like that. I feel like they should have gone to Great America or something. <laughs> you know something a little more fun and a little less you, you're forced to spend a little more time with each other so 
But I agree. I think, I mean, at this point, it's water under the bridge. They've moved on. There's no, there's no desire to repair the relationship. But something tells me after they're both retired and they do their, there's going to be some 30 for 30 or a sit down, you know, they're going to talk about it and they'll be like, you know what, we, we probably regret what happened, the way it went down, the way that we tried to, you know, the way that things, the media portrayed it and the way that the aftermath. Because typically, I mean, like, that's what happens, right? It's probably over some petty stuff. I mean, I'm sure Dream, uh, Pool probably said some things that crossed the line, but who hasn't done that? Does a war and a punch? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, and boys, with, with that, that's actually all we have time for today. I want to thank you three for, for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Thanks, everybody. Glad that basketball is back. She knows she loves Jay because. John, thanks for being on, man. Hey, thank you. I'm ready for the Lakers, baby. 81 and 1. Let's get it. And of course, Sammy, thanks for being on, man. Thanks, man. Hopefully, the, I will not uh, join this unhappy trio after tomorrow's Clipper Blazer game, but we will, will see. You will. I guess we will find out, my friends. We will definitely find out. And of course, shout out to our video producer, RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rose the Panther. This is the Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Michael Jackson, you Tito.